This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Welcome to episode 36 of Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't and some things that shouldn't have. This is Cherry Agarwal and on the panel we have Rohin Varma from News Laundry Hindi. Hi Rohin. Hello. Also joining us is our roving correspondent Amit Bhardwaj. Hi Amit. When did that happen? But hello, hi. And we also have from the Quint, Vakasha Sachdev. Hi Vakasha. Hi. Uh, Vakasha is a lawyer turned journalist who pretends to love his job so that he can try to forget all the money he could be earning at a law firm where he was working earlier. It's very sad. <laughs> and now he lurks in the courtroom because he's the associate editor legal at the Quint. So uh, let's begin with section 377, right? A day after we recorded our last podcast, that historic change took place. Writing a historical wrong, the Supreme Court of India read down section 377, meaning that sex between consenting adults of the same gender is no longer a crime. The decision was a long-awaited victory. A landmark decision such as this deserved much attention, which it did get, at least in the English media. Amit, do you agree it got sufficient coverage? Yeah, I think uh, the coverage on 377, uh, I think it was uh, wall-to-wall coverage uh, by the English media as well as the Hindi media. And uh, especially, you know, the way reporters or people who were covering uh, the story that day were responding to it. Many of the reporters were genu- appeared genuinely happy and uh, even the channels who usually take a completely different stance, even if something happens, you know, when uh, these arrests, Bhima Koregaon arrests happened, we had a, we could see there was a section of media which was questioning these arrests and there was a certain section of the media which was... So you're saying there was a full-fledged support? Yeah. Rohin, what do you think what happened in the Hindi media? Was there anything uh, in particular that caught your eye? मुझे लगता है कि अमित जो बोल रहे हैं कि मीडिया में कवरेज हुई है, बेशक कवरेज हुई है, लेकिन उसमें जो पैनलिस्ट बिठाए गए हैं, उससे मेरा मतलब मुझे लगता है कि उस तरीके के पैनलिस्ट को रहना नहीं चाहिए, क्योंकि वो उसमें कोई स्टेकहोल्डर ही नहीं है उसमें, जिस तरीके के मतलब हम लोग देख रहे थे कि जो कम्युनिटी के लोग वहां थे वो चेरिश कर रहे थे जजमेंट को वो बहुत इमोशनल थे लेकिन एज अ रिपोर्टर जो हम लोगों के लिए भी सीखने की बात है और तमाम जो कैमरा पर्संस और मीडिया पर्संस थे वहां पे उनके लिए भी सीखने की बात है कि एक तो एलजीबीटी मामलों को लेकर हमारे पास नॉलेज की बहुत कमी है और दूसरी बात की जब भी हम इस तरीके के किसी जजमेंट को हिस्टोरिक बता रहे होते हैं तो हमारा जो आचरण होना चाहिए वो बहुत सही अमित होना चाहिए जैसे हम लोग देख रहे थे कि कैमरा पर्सन ये बोल रहे हैं कि लोगों को कि आप उछलिए एक पिक्चर होगा मतलब अगर लोग रो रहे हैं खुशी में उनके तो आप उसको इस तरीके का एक मतलब उस मोमेंट को आप शांति से कैप्चर ना करके आप उसको बहुत मतलब आप रिक्रिएट करने की कोशिश करने लगते हैं and I have a few instances that I wanted to point out which I will come to after we hear from Vakasha. What did you think? So, I mean, I was lucky enough, I think, to be inside the courtroom. I know a couple of my colleagues were outside where they saw, I think, that ugly side that Rohan is talking about where, you know, people were pouncing on the people trying to get photographs, trying to get them to get someone to kiss, get someone to jump. It was, whereas inside, um, I think... 
it was interesting because I think a lot of people wanted to celebrate, wanted to cheer, wanted to like, but you, everyone had to obviously keep quiet because it is the courtroom. But there was almost this sense of the, the sense of joy and the sense of kind of triumph in there. I think was was incredible because I mean I've attended I attended some of the hearings when this happened and. And you could see it on when they were when they came out. Everyone was expecting this from the hearings itself that this would change, this law would be read down. But for it to actually happen, I think when it did, it was a very emotional moment. And I think it was so it was really amazing being there watching it happen while each judge was reading it out. And because each of the judgments had something very um, unique to it and had something which was important. Like every time a judge started talking about his judge, his or her judgment, you heard a very different side of things, which was incredible to listen to. So uh, coming back to what uh, Amit and Rohan were pointing out, I just want to add some evidence to it in terms of what I saw people from the community tweeting out in terms of their interaction with the media. One particular person, Neha Margosa, uh, tweeted out that, Hey, New Indian Express, here's a start. Train your journalists to not ask us to kiss on demand. Our joy and dignity is more than worth your photographs. Uh, then another person wrote that at least one journalist slash photographer has asked me to kiss at every pride parade that I have been to. Just because you're marching next to someone doesn't mean you're you uh, you they are your partner. Get some depth, really. I mean, this is only to highlight what Rohan was pointing out, which is we need sensitization, we need awareness when we are covering a community, which I personally I would say that I am not in a place to cover. I mean, and one thing which I think is that it wasn't just about, I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely layers to it as Rowan pointed out about the community itself. But there was also just the, uh, just the sort of distasteful way in which it was being done for any, it could, this could have been any news coverage, like the way they were trying to rush after people in, mm. in that manner was what is horrible. I know people, there were activists who didn't want to go and face the media. I remember I got, I managed to get one of them to give me an audio bite. I took it outside the courtroom and then I had to advise him what's the best way for him to <laughs> escape from the cameras because he was like, he knew what was going to happen. And I think it's the, the problem was in it's it came from many ways it came from the fact that people were rushing to get out information about I mean, the judgment this is also a chal- challenge for television journalists right they need to record that historic moment and how the community is reacting to such a right. decision then how do they sort of maintain this balance amit you being there at the uh, you were there at the premises right and i remember there was this group of uh, community members who were saying just leave us alone for some time i heard them shouting and i was like what do television journalists too because they need that evidence there's this newsroom shouting down the years because they have to send it in then how do you strike that balance as a reporter uh, I think, I mean, let's be fair to both sides. Uh, I would disagree with uh, what the panel is saying today. I mean, you, uh, Rohin and uh, Vakasha, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah. So uh, why? Because A, uh, I mean, I had this conversation with our intern that day. He was really pissed off after saying, uh, you know, the way uh, media media personnel, especially the cameramen were behaving and, you know, they would run after a particular couple or people enjoying their moment but i told him you know next morning when the newspaper comes in your house when you open it you will realize that these cameramen what what they were doing was part of their job and eventually i was quite happy with the kind of pictures that indian express published that day yeah indian uh, express the flag the hug every moment was captured and you these are the pictures 
pictures which were published and uh, i mean because i have worked in a magazine so i do understand that we used to go through hundreds of pictures and then finally we had that one picture which would represent the story tell the story you know that one picture could tell the entire story so that's a challenge for the photographer there's a challenge for the tv people as well but yes on the other side i mean i'm extending the argument a lot but then on the other side uh, we should also realize that you know while Respect we are doing our privacy. job yeah and the thing is because uh, you you could see it when we, if you if you had been outside the courtroom so i saw people are reserved obviously they come outside and you could see them also come everyone is hugging they're doing and you can get nice photos of them doing that without having to sort of get up in their grill and like one simple thing would have been say for the tv guys you have people in there who are telling you or giving you updates when it's happening just be ready whenever the moment someone said the judgment is being read out just get your camera guys there then you know keep a focus there and then you'll be able to get enough material rather than after the thing has happened after they've started celebrating then rushing up and trying to shove a camera in their face you know what i mean but i think in a sense we're also then just sort of now going on to a path away from how significant this was right and how you know what a big deal this is i mean this, then this. there are a group of people who do want to interact with the media because i met people who yeah. did want and there are people who want time to process so i think it's just a choice rohan you wanted to come in on yeah. this i think main ye keh raha hu ki isme ek approach ka bhi fark hai jaise hum log media mein hain to ek approach ka bhi fark ye hai ki jaise main ek example draw kar raha hu isse related ki agar koi jeet historic hai to zaruri nahi ki us historic jeet ka jo jashn hoga wo bahut matlab बम्पर जश्न होगा ठीक है जैसे मैं एक एग्जांपल दे रहा हूँ कि जैसे मैट्रिकुलेशन का रिजल्ट आता है बिहार या झारखंड में या इंटर का रिजल्ट जो आता है उसमें फोटोग्राफर्स को आप देखिएगा कि मतलब उस मोहल्ले में चार लोगों को 90 परसेंट आएगा तो चारों के माँ बाप उसको लड्डू खिला रहे होंगे ठीक है तो आप प्लीज उसको रिक्रिएट कर रहे होते हैं मतलब ऐसा भी हो सकता है की माँ बाप के लिए नाइन्टी उतना मैटर नहीं करता होगा और किसी के मैटर करता होगा मतलब लोग अपने घर में मतलब दाल भात भुजिया खा रहे होंगे नॉर्मल उनके लिए कोई बहुत बड़ी बात नहीं रही होगी तो मतलब फोटोग्राफर्स के अप्रोच को लेकर भी मेरा सवाल है कि आपको ऐसा क्यों लगता है कि अगर 377 के लीगल एस्पेक्ट को लेकर अगर सुप्रीम कोर्ट ने जो फैसला दिया है अभी उनको मालूम है की लड़ाई कितनी लंबी है क्योंकि अभी देखिए मैं पॉडकास्ट के माध्यम से ही बताने की कोशिश भी कर रहा हूँ कि कई लोगों मतलब मैंने देखा कम्युनिटी के लोगों को भी ये डिफेंड करते हुए किसी द थ्री सेवेंटी सेवन का जो या होमोसेक्सुअलिटी का जो मामला है इट्स नॉट ओनली अबाउट सेक्स इट्स अबाउट फीलिंग्स इट्स अबाउट इमोशंस तो मेरा ये कहना है कि उनको सेक्स को लेकर डिफेंसिव भी होने की क्या जरूरत क्योंकि हेट्रोसेक्सुअल कपल्स में एनल सेक्स होता है मतलब ये ये कोई मतलब उस स्टिग्मा को तोड़ने के लिए आपको डिफेंसिव होने की जरूरत नहीं है कि ये इमोशन का नहीं होमोसेक्सुअलिटी इज ऑल्सो अबाउट सेक्स सेक्स सब कुछ नहीं होता लेकिन बहुत कुछ होता है मतलब इस तरीके से अप्रोच में चेंज आएगा और खास करके हमें इस पे खुल के बात करनी होगी अगर हम अपने आप को प्रोग्रेसिव मान रहे हैं ंग्यूनिटी celebrating their victory is celebrating it in such a manner that they are inviting others to join their regime join their regime seriously but then i had to go check times now right i was just like i need to go check that and the shadow of culture and dharma was there as 
well and one same panelist was there who was like uh, people are converting from homosexual to heterosexual and the anchor went on and rahul shivshankar who was the anchor went on and he was like are you talking about bisexuals because I, i'm quoting him i don't know what you're talking about i mean that is exactly the point why are you getting a panelist who doesn't know what he's talking about i mean you're inviting people to engage in mudslinging for what uh, but now i want to go back to vakasha what problems do you face when you are reporting from the court rooms and when you have the mainstream media where the reporters a lot of reporters might not have the same expertise as you have so i think the 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 difficulty is because at some level you understand it right as you guys point out there's a newsroom which is pushing for getting news as quickly as possible they all have a competition running competition over who is breaking the news first and all of that but it's really important actually in these cases to to really wait through and sort of see what's happening last year during the triple talaq judgment it was a complete fiasco because the chief justice read out his dissenting opinion first normally dissenting opinions go last but because he was cj i think he read his opinion out and uh, so you had and i remember seeing the, co- the from the courtroom because back then they weren't allowing journalists to take their phones inside luckily i still had my uh lawyers enrollment so i was inside being able to tweet from from there okay, i saw journalists yeah. running out with their, to to go and tweet out and send the messages to their ob vans and everything so oh, this is what's happened this is you know the they they're not striking down triple the lock they've left but they're giving 6 months to the parliament to do it and all that kind of stuff and that's what everyone ran to start with and then we were able to one of the, i think we were one of the first people to break that actually you know what it's not happened we're still here inside the courtroom that two other opinions have been read and the position is very different and that's it's a matter of just having a little bit of patience i think and it's necessary when it comes to the law even here now here there was four concurring opinions from the five judges we knew they were going to be concurring because even at the start it was announced but each of them had something very key to say and if you just rush out and say just you know rush out and say it's just been decriminalized sure okay fine you got it maybe basically right but there's so much more to this judgment than that it's you know as we'll maybe hope be able to cover a bit of that in this podcast about what it does for understanding the constitution what it does for this concept of a transformative constitution some very very big things which could apply to other cases coming forward so you kind of lose sight of that if you just rush forward trying to do that and you don't understand the true implications of something like this if you're in such a rush and when the journalists get it get get it wrong and it it just sort of sets everything back because for instance then even my editor is going to be like why aren't you sending something because you know why are you waiting and holding on to this story and like you know just let's just wait for a bit till we can confirm it so it becomes a challenge because it just creates an entirely new it creates new pressures creates a, a, a sort of an air of, of confusion over what's going on i think we i have one question i mean you cover the legal beat you are inside the courtroom how do you manage to take down the courts or the ju- you know when the judges are still reading the <laughs> uh, their judgments or for that matter the uh, argument is still being uh, you know read out, read out. Uh, no there's an argument between the ad- counsel and the judge so how do you write it down because i For found it really difficult you know uh, and again there's a fear that you you can mess with someone on the streets but you can't <laughs> you mess with the judge so, i think uh, yeah yes yeah, so i, I to, so to be honest so like i've been doing the sort of doing this for a little over a year now so i'm 
still not up there with other guys. Now, I can, what I, I can do is... But you also have a legal background. Which is what helps. So what, what happens is when I'm when I'm there and I'm listening to what the judges are saying, at the very least, I'm going to may- be able to make sure I can summarize the exchange, summarize what's been said. There are journalists who are way better than I am at being able to verbatim take it down. Like I don't, And I still don't understand how some of them do it, but I guess it's experience. People like Murli Krishnan from Bar and Bench, the guys Murli at Live Krishnan Law. is really I good. mean, Murli is amazing because you'll see he will get down like entire sentences verbatim, which I can maybe get like one or two sentences at best. He will get entire paragraphs, which is incredible. Um, and I think it's, it's it's a matter of A, I think being ex- being experienced enough to start to being able to like know what they're saying. And, but also the most important part is understanding what's going on. How because, important is it to get it, get the words verbatim? So I think if you're going to quote something which the judges are saying, then you need to be very careful. If you're going to try to summarize the gist of an argument, you have a little more leeway because as long as you're not getting it wrong, it's fine. But if you're going to quote it and because terminology can sometimes be so crucial, that's when you have a problem. So one of, again, we saw this with, I think, the triple talaq judgment where uh, Nariman and it was, I think... Uh, Nariman and one of the judges, their judgment said it's unconstitutional and so struck it down. Whereas um, Kudin Joseph said it's against Islamic law and so struck it down. So they've both, all three judges have struck it down but for very different reasons. But if you report all three are saying we struck it down as unconstitutional, that is incorrect. Because right. actually one of the whole vagaries of what happened back then is we have no conclusive statement on whether or not it's unconstitutional. We just know it's illegal. Whereas there were people who reported it as being either unconstitutional or against Islamic law, but that is not the majority position I actually. Mean, by the are you allowed to record these statements inside the court no. hearing? Only no. lawyers. <laughs> no, but even lawyers actually should not be recorded. Recording anything at this point. So nobody's supposed to be live tweet. Lawyers can live tweet. And now even journalists can. So they finally, so they very recently opened that up. Uh, It's not again for all journalists. It's for people who have at least a six month proximity pass who who are inside. You will also be able to sort of live tweet and uh, say what's going on. I mean, if you wanted to, as a journalist, you could keep your phone on on phone recorder and try and do that. But But that's risky, right? Just to inform everyone that is not allowed. (laughs) Like I'm just saying you could do it, but it's not, it's, it's technically not allowed. Okay, so we will come back to this if we have time sure. in the end so that you can give us a nutshell of what this judgment yep. means. Yep. But before moving on to the next topic, I just wanted to point out what you were saying. It raises a very important question about the language used by the judges. I think it raisen, raises an important question about should that legal hearing, should it be simplified so that it reaches the general public who might not have the legal understanding, leave alone the journalist, like the public won't understand. So it's just a question out there. But uh, Rohan, do you want to come in on this? Uh, I think that now the media should be open to the media. I mean, उससे ज्यादा मेरा हमेशा से मानना है कि मीडिया का काम सिर्फ मतलब इंफॉर्मेशन देना या रिपोर्ट करना नहीं उसको शिक्षित भी करना है लोगों को ठीक है और 377 का जो मामला है जैसे मैं हिंदी का रिपोर्टर और सुप्रीम कोर्ट के परिसर में तो वहां पे आपको हिंदी स्पीकिंग लोग ही नहीं मिल रहे थे मतलब आप उनसे हिंदी में सवाल पूछे वो अंग्रेजी में जवाब देंगे ठीक है तो जब 377 को आप दूरदराज इलाकों में लेके जाएंगे और जब आपको सोशल स्टिग्मा से डील करना है तो उससे खुल के बात करनी होगी और उसको बहुत फ्रैगमेंट्स में तोड़-तोड़ के समझाना होगा कि आपके जो बेडरूम में हो रहा है अगर वो कानून होता तो इसके अंदर आपको भी जेल होती आप उनको मना कर रहे हैं वो आप कर रहे हैं इस तरीके से उनको बताना होगा मेरा ऐसा मानना है Amit Vakasha, do you have yeah, something to add? Yeah, I agree with uh, Rohin. That's it. I think that's a very important point. So yeah. I think there were two, there are two things which we can, which 
and this is a really valuable point and it's interesting actually that the judges kind of understood this as well so justice nariman ends his judgment with a bit of a declaration it's a, it, which is one of the most important things i think from the judgment was this declaration against discrimination against the community and he also says that the government has to Decimate. disseminate the information about this judgment they have to publicize it they have to explain it so i think that will hopefully try to cover because as ruins pointing out most of us who are talking about it are coming going to come out we're going to just talk in english we write our articles in english and we walk away i mean i was also wondering how will this translate into school curriculum right we start talking about gender biology reproductive systems back in school and there it is just it's binary so will it translate into that and how much time will it take and how are we going to break this down i was just thinking about this if you guys have any I mean, given what the judges have said that they're going to have to do in terms of creating awareness, that is definitely something. Which but is that going to doesn't happen. mean that they have to make it a part of a curriculum. But yeah, making it part of the school curriculum, I think um, we're going to have to rely on a lot more efforts to get there, because already we don't even have sex ed as a real thing per se, and I think that's uh, part of it is going to be able to explain to not just the HRD ministers but even schools. that it is important to be able to give some basic sex education which will include sexuality rather than just okay this is how biology biologically reproduction happens Amit? i think uh, you know uh, this is this is going to be quite interesting because uh, if you go through the syllabus uh, actually i had asked this question to a lot of activists that day without realizing the fact that okay e- even after the judgment the ncert or for that matter private publishers won't want you know or they can do away with or they they might not include this in the textbook yeah. why because biology if you, you know it's all about reproduction and sex so here without even you know mentioning the uh, homosexual bonds uh, they can still manage without mentioning it but I mean- if in 8th grade when we were learning about reproductive system my teacher gave that period free and she was like read the chapter on your own like yeah, what are we exactly. supposed to understand about the layers in the conversation so maybe the teachers will now at least start teaching this aspect the normal uh, as in heterosexual uh, sexual bonds well there is hope rohin do you want to come in on this मुझे लगता है ये बहुत लंबी लड़ाई और खास करके अभी तो लोगों के बीच हेट्रोसेक्सुअल कपल्स के बीच में ही बहुत सारी चीजें क्लियर नहीं है वो उसमें ही उनके मुंह में इतना पान जमा है कि वो पता नहीं कब होमोसेक्सुअलिटी पे बात करेंगे मतलब शुरुआत तो ऐसी होनी चाहिए कि एल जी बी टी क्यू आई ए प्लस अभी इसका फुल फॉर्म बताइए पहले ये क्या होता है वहां से स्टार्ट करना पड़ेगा डिसऑर्डर it's it will require though a lot of political will to i think and among the things that i think the media should now talk about which i think was missing from the media's reportage of 377 were stories on intersectionality of sexuality caste disability mental health right. gender identity and queer movement beyond 377 i think what we had was sort of a reaction capturing story narrative that the media was putting forth but i thought that it is very crucial to have this sort of debate discussion about so many other facets that just goes beyond this 377 but we will move on we are running out of time so amit what do you think was underreported by the media over the week thankfully media 
uh, and our TV channels particularly have uh, you know made my job easy while we are recording this podcast. I will again insist and re-bring the issue that you know Hardik Patel was still on hunger strike. He was hospitalized. He returned from the hospital, and despite that, the national media has not been able to report on it. You know, we don't so far we have not found enough time so that we can cover it. And why it is important, even from the media's perspective, when Hardik uh, was about to return from the hospital that day, police in Ahmedabad had lati charged. Uh, uh, they they manhandled the journalist who was standing outside Hardik Patel's house. They clearly said to the reporters that we have court orders. Uh, to stop you we it has been instructed by the court to stop the media i mean which court in this country would give such orders that somebody who is on a hunger strike i mean he cannot speak to the media media cannot uh, take his bite her bite what kind of court can give such orders and if there was such an order why didn't the police tweet it out why didn't it produce in front of the media i mean and at the end of the day we have to be serious about our own colleagues who are in amdabad maybe tv channels like for that matter i'll appreciate republic on this republic took it as a cause and they reported on the fact that you know their reporters uh, and the other journalists standing outside hardik patel's house were manhandled by the police there was an entire package which uh, the channel carried although i don't know whether they uh, after that they reported on hardik's indefinite hunger strike or not uh, rohan what did you did the hindi media also miss hardik patel's hunger strike हाँ हार्दिक पटेल तो इस वीक भी मतलब हिंदी मीडिया में नहीं थे प्रिंट में एक दो जगह मैंने छोटी खबर देखी थी लेकिन उसमें कुछ भी डिटेल नहीं था बस ये था कि उनको हॉस्पिटल ले जाया गया है आई आई मीन आई डोंट थिंक आई डोंट हैव एनीथिंग टू एड ऑन आई थिंक द हार्दिक सागा बट for me i think one of a story which was criminally underreported almost i'd say is the farmers march which came to delhi um lack there was like at least a lack people there and the media coverage was it was just tumbleweeds and silence like it was yeah i agree now that you bring it up i was like i was i didn't even know until the day before that this huge march is happening it was yeah it was crazy i mean i think we saw something about it before then we thought maybe it's not going to be so big and then one day before you're seeing the images of how many there are and just we're still trying to get everything in gear to report on it and then the next day also like it's happening and the coverage was minimal like i think and and i think this was this was some place where i thought we all got it wrong um i think that there just wasn't enough from any media house on it and it's something as simple as just me because i mean we sent a reporter he went he spoke to a few people he put out a story on it but i don't think that's enough for a story like this i think you've got so many people willing to march into the capital to do something you have to get more from them understand more what's going on because this is exactly why these people have been failed by government after government government after government for all these years because nobody cares and There was a similar treatment to the farmers march last time as well right we spoke about No I disagree about- that's what I was going to bring uh, on the panel is that you know uh, there's no debate in this that delhi is the center of the media so it's in, in a way delhi also serves as the capital for the media bombay is you can say that you know after delhi bombay is the next most important place for the national media quote unquote uh, from the national media's perspective but even i can then, see gorav giving you a nice stare so even then the way maharashtra long march was covered by the media by the newspapers by the tv channels by the uh, digital media for that matter and i think digital uh, media did uh, the best justice to the entire march because the kind of pictures which were coming out 
it was brilliant but this time when it was easier to cover it because <laughs> they were right here <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and it was just uh, we gave it a miss but i think uh, it also has to do with the fact that you know there was a kind of lack of communication from the people who are organizing it number one uh, number two uh, in the past one year right from yogendra yadav's organization you know calling different uh, marches by the farmers community protests and rallies rather not marches there has been a normalization of sorts as in theek hai chalta hai har der do mahine mein ho raha hai but then no one expected it to be this huge it was only in the morning when the pictures started coming out being honest even we covered that story we did a video story on this but it was after we saw you know the scale of yeah. the protest which was right there at the heart of national capital and, and th- but that's the thing right should we have known more should we have been able to figure out that it was going to be better i think perhaps we should have but i mean you know it's it's i think yeah so we we all i think kind hopefully of hopefully we will learn from our mistakes <laughs> rohan uh, what did you think was underreported एक तो ये जो फार्मर्स प्रोटेस्ट की बात हो रही है इसमें बहुत शॉर्ट पॉइंट मैं जोड़ूंगा इसमें सबसे जरूरी बात है कि इसमें हम सब लोग दोषी हैं इसके लिए क्योंकि फार्मर्स का मार्च अगर मुंबई और दिल्ली में हो रहा है तो मार्च कवर करना एक बात उनके प्रोटेस्ट को कवरेज मिली या नहीं मिली ये एक बात हो गई दूसरी बात यह है कि सस्टेनेबल एग्रीकल्चर की जो बात है उसमें कई सारी चीजें उसमें सिर्फ प्रोटेस्ट मार्च की बात नहीं है उसमें क्रॉप के पैटर्न से लेके रेनफॉल का चेंजिंग पैटर्न जो है क्लाइमेट चेंज है इस पे आप देखिए कितनी रिपोर्टिंग होती है रिपोर्टिंग एग्रीकल्चर और फार्मर्स को लेके भी वहीं पे हो रही है जहां पे वो एक इवेंट बन पा रहा है अगर वो मार्च है या फार्मर्स का सुसाइड एक महीने में 200 पार कर गया एक आंकड़ा आ रहा है उसको वो न्यूज पेग बना रहे हैं उनको लग ही नहीं रहा है कि अगर बारिश का जो पैटर्न चेंज हो गया है वो एक न्यूज पेग हो सकता है ये अभी तक मुझे नहीं लगता एडिटर्स के बीच ये चर्चा का भी विषय है लेकिन अगर वो सुसाइड्स में कन्वर्ट हो जाए तो तुरंत अपने कैमरा पर्सन को भेजेंगे क्योंकि वहां उनको न्यूज पेग दिखने लगता है और इसमें इसके लिए सब लोग इसके लिए सब लोग दोषी हैं इसमें मतलब ऐसा नहीं है कि मतलब मेन स्ट्रीम मीडिया हो या बड़े प्लेटफॉर्म से या छोटे प्लेटफॉर्म से जिनके पास जितना रिसोर्स है वो उतना भी नहीं कर पाते और इसमें हम सब दोषी हैं I mean this also has to do with that we are sort of doing away or rather the larger newsrooms are doing away please correct me if i'm wrong with the labor and agricultural beat like hindu has or rather had one very flourishing beat but after sainath's transition like i barely see that sort of reportage and then it also has to uh, do with the times that we are living in like uh, maybe we didn't had people who were dedicatedly covering uh, mob violence issues or cavalcante stories and uh, you didn't had teams to fact check issues now more and more uh, teams are coming up even in the man- mainstream media so it also has to do with the times now the left politics is becoming irrelevant the labor laws are skewed Uh, Are you saying left po- did you say left politics is becoming <laughs> irrelevant? Yes, I'm saying that. I mean electorally it's even c- people from CPI and CPM won't disagree with me. I mean I think it's it's just that it's irrelevant it's unfortunately just I think getting ignored because marginalized like, because something like what these farmers as Rowan's pointing out this is a huge this is actually what they what they are dealing with is huger than just a matter of the farmers like they are they are at the forefront of where climate change is making a difference and we are just ignoring that and i think that's the problem because we're in, we're in this world where we just want to look at news which 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 seems which looks spicy which looks juicy which looks you know which we think our consumers are going to be reading and in a sense that's probably right but 
at some level, we also have to make sure that these issues are relevant. Like something like this, sh we should be helping people understand mm -hmm. why it is relevant. And if we are just saying, yeah, you know what, people won't understand it, or oh, this is too difficult to explain, we are also doing, we are also we are contributing, contributing to, the to making it irrelevant rather than, and be, you can look at it through the prism of left politics, mm -hmm. and this is a left politics issue, but it's actually not. Like farmers having, uh, be dealing with these problems is not a left issue. Uh, labor laws, the way our labor laws are being eviscerated and there is plans to make it even worse is a huge problem. And the consequences of doing that can be seen from the West, where you look at the countries where they've done massive deregulation of the labor markets, the long-term effects are problematic. It's why you have Brexits later. It's why you have a Donald Trump coming to power. These are things which arise out of a lot of what, what a lot of those consequences. But we are just not thinking long term enough. We just think, oh yeah, now this will give these in, give give some industries a fillip, and so we're doing it without quick, quick rebuttal to it. I mean, I we hope also, it is quick. Yeah, it is quick because you know we also have to think in terms of context. Like the uh, labor in India has been always associated with the left politics, and you can see a downfall in reportage on labor with the downfall. It's a you know parallel thing happening. Yeah. It's happening simultaneously. There's less reportage on labor, and you also have left crumbling down. So left is failing elect in electoral terms. So it is happening all together. I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I just think that you know we should be ideally saying that even if we ignore the CPI and the CPIMs and all of those guys, we should still be covering these issues because they are bigger than just that. That I mean, that's that's sort of the limited point I'm trying to search. Uh, Rohan, before we go to Amit of what he thought was underreported or what was overplayed in the media. Do you want to add something? Uh, I mean, it's very difficult for a hyper-local story to get the media attention. But in terms of the aspects, when it comes to agricultural reporting, sure, uh, such inspiring stories could give us some hope. Uh, Amit, coming to you. 
what did you think of uh, media's reportage in the interest of time i would uh, you know i had two stories to discuss but i'll uh, just refer to one and uh, i'll recommend the other uh, so you know i was watching the tv today and i uh, saw ndtv maybe was uh, talking about uh, some protest which is going on in uh, kolkata and the university and i was quite surprised that the tv channels gave it a miss to what's happening in delhi university on monday evening uh, principal of zakir hussain college evening he said and i i'm quoting him that about 150 abvp workers assaulted hit a student's staff vandalized the college property and this went on for 15 20 minutes this was all on record everything was recorded on cctv camera and he specifically told me that one videographer was also chasing the candidate avbp candidate shakti singh so which means that even the the fact that everything was being videographed did not dip, uh, deter the uh, abvp workers. workers from perpetrating allegedly perpetrating uh, the vandalism <laughs> inside the campus there could be you know uh, there could be enough reasons which avvp or shakti singh can come up with do you votes tomorrow by the time this uh, podcast will be out uh, the results would have been already out so i don't know whether the See, voters will keep this in mind or not so you're saying there's this sort of contrary reportage nature of reportage that a uh, college a protest or violence at a college in calcutta was covered whereas do you right yeah, being at the heart in delhi right. which is sort I mean, of very I mean, close to the media obviously the question is this who is this who does it suit to not talk about this <laughs> delhi violence right i mean, Don't say anything about it. <laughs> uh, Amit's use of allegedly brings up a very interesting question for you. Do you think this use of reporters put out a lot of thing things and they put this word allegedly? Do you think it will save them from getting legal pro- uh, proceedings registered or initiated against them? I mean, I think it it depends. If I, I remember seeing, I've seen stories where they'll say allegedly and then they'll go under this completely. Uh, sort of lurid details, making some, making up some story. The thing is, at the end of the day, even if you've put a qualifier or whatever, if you what you've said is genuinely beyond the pale, it will not save you from a defamation case. But if your use of allegedly makes it clear that you're saying that this is what is there, and you stick to what is being allegedly claimed about these guys, you'll be fine. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 a matter of how sensible the journalist is, what they say after the word allegedly, <laughs> because <laughs> that can often just go off the rails. Uh, what I thought was under. reported or rather that the mainstream media is yet to pick up is Neha Dikshit's report on Yogi Adityanath yeah. government using the draconian uh, national security act to target muslims and even even as hindutva activists involved in the violence are getting off lightly and i this is one of my recommendations as well no i think it's huge and you know this is right now the usage of acts like the nsa the usage of acts at like the uapa is such a big issue right now and it is genuinely problematic and this is a political issue which is across the spectrum right and because yet it hasn't been picked up and that's the thing because the problem is i think you look at how these acts came into play they've come into play so that governments can do this they've come in no matter who's who was in power at the time i think we have to be a little bit concerned about how it's being it's being used at a level which we've not seen before mm-hmm. uh whether it was a is the uap being used to target intellectuals and more important and and you know it's not just intellectuals it's the lawyers of people who have been targeted and that's a huge problem right now when people like sudha bhardwaj and all who have actually gone and represented these guys in court 
support. If you're going after them, that is scary. If, with this NSA thing, I think just showing the widespread way in which it's done. You know, the the UP government can can do things and pass dictates which we don't even know what's happening half the time. Like just today, I found out in our office area, which is in Noida Sector, 16A, where all you have all these media houses. Suddenly now they are not letting these guys sell eggs. Anything with eggs in it is just not being allowed to be sold for these guys. And you won't speak to all the vendors. They're what? like. Yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. And they say that uh, UP government has said we can't sell anything with eggs in this area. That is also underreported. Which, is, the thing was, I just found this, found about this yesterday. Yesterday I was able, to so say today I found, I, yesterday I was able to have an egg. Today I went to get a, a snack and it turns out can't sell eggs. I, you go to the guys, they say the police are saying something. I go to the police guy who's standing there. He's like, no, no, we never said anything. But this kind of confusion and the way they're able to just pass down dictats is scary. And, you know, they're obviously being able to do it with impunity, which is, which needs means it needs to be reported. But, I mean, you never know now if they can use the NSA against people just so that you're in jail for a year at least if you get put under the NSA without any evidence. Amit Rohin, do you want to come in on any of this before we move to recommendations? I just want to add that, you know, there's one wonderful line in this story uh, which uh, Neha also discussed about in the Hindi podcast that NSA in uh, popular parlance is known as uh, no vakil, no, no dalil. So there's a third term to it. And especially the fact that the way, and I have been pointing this out for long, the way uh, Chandrasekhar Ravan was again arrested the day he was given bail by Allahabad High Court, he was, uh, NSA was invoked against him and he's still uh, behind the bars. So it also sends across the message what the state wants to do with you. So we will go back to Vakasha who will give us in a nutshell what this judgment means and then the panel can share their recommendations. Okay, cool. So um, key thing to remember, you have five judges. So this is the constitution bench. It means it's a fairly definitive holding on a constitutional matter. Now what they've said is, first off, you, we all know that they've said they've read it down, consensual acts no longer fall under 377. Where this becomes a bigger deal is you look at the, the kind of judgments we've got. We've got Chief Justice Deepak Mishra's judgment is focusing on autonomy, choice and self-determination. How this is essential. If a person is not given this, they cannot realize their fundamental rights. They cannot live their life of dignity and privacy, which is guaranteed to them under the constitution. So that focus was interesting to see from Justice Mishra because that then applies, that can potentially be used in so many different things, whether it be becomes eating habits or that it becomes your freedom of speech. That's important there. He also spoke to constitutional morality, the idea that you don't look at sort of just what people think is moral. Majority. You have to look at what the constitution says to decide what will be moral, what is the sort of direction our laws need to take. This is picked up by every judge. Make sure that the thing was very powerful. We got a very good statement from Justice Nariman on it as well. This is absolutely important going forward because, again, you, especially because what Justice Nariman has held is that there is no presumption of constitutionality when it comes to pre-constitutional law. So all your IPC provisions which came in before 1950, all of these can potentially be open to challenge if they challenge, if they go against the spirit of the constitution. And that's, I think, a huge, huge holding. Um, Justice Nariman also had a very interesting point on, you know, making sure it's hammered home. Homosexuality is not a disease. And that's one of the reasons why he held this whole law was manifestly arbitrary and therefore need to be struck down. Um, also that declaration on anti-discrimination and requiring the, the, the government to 
publicize it and educate and sensitize police and government officials. Justice Chandrachud judgment, very important for opening up and expanding our jurisprudence on anti-discrimination. He held that it's not just about uh, saying, okay, you're discriminating against a community based on what is in the text of the law, but he said, make sure you look at the direct and indirect effects of the law. And he also drew a very powerful thing of trying to say that, you know, this is not just discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. It's about the entire gender stereotypes and sort of thing which we have which is what creates it. It's heterosexual gender stereotypes make it make homosexuality frowned down upon and then make it illegal and then make it an environment where it's hell for these people. And that is... A, and so the, just sort of broadening our entire jurisprudence on that. Uh, Justice Indu Malhotra, broadly speaking, sort of went with these guys. Uh, she and Justice Chandrachud both had a very important section on mental health where they talked about the consequences of having a law like this on mental health and why it needed to be struck down. And I think a very important apology for... Everyone is saying that history will, you know, owes an apology to these guys. So that's the quick. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good challenge. And I think you pretty much nailed it. But what's your recommendation for the readers? For recommendation for readers, I think, uh, I think 377, to understand it better, I would recommend uh, Gautam Bhatia's blog in Con Lawful has a couple of good posts. One is by Gotham himself explaining all of these things which I've tried to just very quickly rush through in a lot more detail. I think it's important to read that to understand just how important this judgment will be, what it speaks to of the Constitution being a transformative thing. Mm. Uh, he's also got a couple of guest posts, one which goes into the fact that, you know, we're all celebrating this, but there's there are things which could have been done better, especially because we've got a very grey area now between Section 375 and Section 377. So I think... Uh, that would be my recommendation because this is still the biggest story of the week and something which I think everyone should be. Okay, one really quick uh, recommendation also I'd like to say is uh, HuffPo's investigation into this software patch for Aadhaar which basically allowed uh, private operators, any guy on the street to just uh, bypass all the security features which are belatedly added to the Aadhaar enrollment software and allows anyone to just enroll anyone or anything as an Aadhaar and get an entirely valid Aadhaar number. Uh, great investigation, three months of work. Rashna Khera, who used to be at the Tribune, um, was one was the, was one of the people who's working on it. Uh, really important thing to understand just what's at stake here and why this is... I know there's a lot of Aadhaar fatigue, but honestly, we need to know this to know just how bad this whole thing has gotten. Rohan, what would you want to recommend this week? I recommend a book. The name is Churning the Earth. ये किताब आसीस कोठारी और असीम श्रीवास्तव ने लिखी है और ये पिछले साली किताब आई है ये बताती है कि ग्लोबलाइजेशन और डेवलपमेंट का जो डिबेट है थर्ड वर्ल्ड कंट्रीज में ये किस तरीके से चल रहा है ओके अमित I'll uh, recommend rather last the readers to you know Google search uh, with the few keywords Johnson and Johnson and in Express to read the story. This I think this is one of the most important and biggest story in terms of you know which has which has come out in media against a big uh, corporate group. So uh, it's about basically there are these implants which uh, were faulty hip implants, implants which huh, had hip implants which were faulty. They were recalled across the world. Even in India, eventually a recall order came out, but. The Johnson Johnson didn't actually tell the people who've got it and they all should be owed a fair bit of compensation. And 
also the fact that you know worldwide it was banned in 2010 itself and india acted on it exactly two years banned? later it was recalled but like you know there were recalls in each country By johnson and johnson and johnson, johnson has actually paid out huge sums of money for instance in the us on this whereas in india the compensation and this throws up a big issue on compensation in india for this kind of thing which we're having we're going to have to wait and see this is going to be a test case almost to see what happens when a, a med- big big company screws up when it comes to these kind of uh, uh, devices and implants and that it happens in india right. and and you know seeing how to treat it in india because we've never had anything like this so uh, there were people who were surprised that they even actually have said that this expert committee even went after johnson and johnson because normally big corporations nobody touches them uh, so really big story to i think watch out for as it develops and thanks for correcting me on the ban part uh i want to recommend a report by mint it was done by rudranil sen gupta called my autopsy report it's a long read and shows what goes behind the postmortem reports that form such an important basis for several investigations it was done over a two month long uh, period and the report shows that a vast majority of autopsies done which is a staggering number are perform that are performed in india have little value because they are rid- either riddled with errors or they are done very incompetently one of the examples that the report cites is of a hospital where the autopsy is being performed by a safai karmachari of the hospital i mean this becomes the basis for so many investigations and if that is the status or state in which the autopsies are being conducted without even uh, without any medical legal supervision then i'm just wondering where these cases go so So I would just like also point out I've been to like forensic labs I've seen what it's like even if the doctors are trust me it's not very good because the equipment and the kind of stuff which they have and this is in Bangalore's chief one was horrible like it's And police is using that to get people And then people this is what they're bars. relying on for case so, so in so many cases it's genuinely horrifying when you see <laughs> what it's like in there. Wow that's troubling now and do read that report but I do want to point, uh, point out that we had to stop recording for a few minutes because there were dogs barking outside and we don't have the money to make a sound proof room <laughs> so that's my pitch for you to subscribe this time we don't just need money for independence we need money for survival and it is easy for everyone to complain about the quality of reportage but the challenge is ensuring that people are independent and free and have the resources to report so support independent media because when the public pays the public is served when corporations and advertisers pay they are served subscribe to news laundry or any other independent news organization of your choice to subscribe to news laundry visit newslaundry.com slash subscriptions and choose from any of our three plans. If you're overseas, you can also transfer the subscription amount via PayPal. Happy subscribing. And I also want to thank Parikshit and Anilji for surviving a podcast. And thank you, panel. Thank you. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Music